Hi there, welcome to a podcast about Dagenham Redbridge called Once a Dagger, Always a Dagger, where I just generally ramble on about my thoughts of supporting the Daggers over quite a few years. In fact, I went to the first, my first game this season, friendly last Saturday, and it occurs to me this is my 61st season of supporting the Daggers. I can't believe where those years have gone and why we haven't won more trophies, but it has been good fun, I've got to say. So this episode is going to be called Boston Gate, which may or may not be familiar to people listening to this, uh, either Dagenham supporters or non-Dagenham supporters, because it was quite a big thing at the time, quite a a bit of a notorious episode in football, and it relates to the Nationwide Conference season of 2001-2002, when the Daggers and Boston United pretty much went head-to-head the whole season, trying both trying to win the league. Uh, the winners, of course, of the league uh, conference go up into the Football League. And so for Dagenham and Boston, uh, whoever win one would get that uh, honour. And for either side, it would have been the first time they'd actually achieved that uh, lofty position. So there was uh, they were playing for quite high stakes at the time. Now, when I think about that and what maybe come to mind was it's actually 20 years since that happened, 2001-2. So... When you think about the um, negative effect that had on the club at the time, due to the actions of Boston, uh, you could say even 20 years later we're arguably still feeling the ramifications of that. Because had it been Dagenham that had gone up that season, and as I'll actually explain later, it wasn't, and some facts around that, who knows where the club may have gone. We may have gone from strength to strength. We might have fallen back. It's impossible to say, of course. And though we did subsequently in 2007 make that uh, step up, uh, had we done so five years earlier, well then, who knows where we could be now. Look at clubs like Burton and Accrington, they've all progressed on. There's nothing to say we couldn't have done that had we gone up when we did with the team that we had and the backing and the resources that we had and the impetus that the club had at that time. It's very hard to say looking back, but suffice to say that... uh, this particular incident had a negative effect on the club at the time. And it also, I always thought, the people that um, never thought about in this, we talk about the club, but actually there were a lot of good players that played for Dagenham around that time. And you could argue that uh, they were denied um, a place in the Football League by the events that uh, transpired. And they might have liked to have said on their own personal CV or told their grandchildren, yes, I did play in the Football League. I was a good player. And I've always thought uh, that was something that's been forgotten in all of this. Uh, but anyway, we'll come on to those players a little bit later. As I said, we'd gone head-to-head for most of that season with Boston. And in fact, towards the end of the season in March, we played at Boston at home on a Monday night over at the Daggers uh, in front of a very healthy crowd of 3,850. Uh, quite a few had turned up from Boston, to be fair to them, as you'd expect in this sort of uh, situation. Uh, and Daggers had triumphed in that game 1-0. The unlikely goal scorer in that game was Ashley Vickers, uh, who smashed one in at the Pomfield Road end, 1-0 to the Daggers in the first half, and we held on and we won the game relatively comfortably. Uh, now, at that time, that put us uh, seven points clear, um, and with the run-ins that we both had, it's fair to say we were probably quite confident at that time that we could possibly go on and take the league title. Certainly, I was very optimistic, but it wasn't to be. After that win, of course, we were quite euphoric and the crowd was in good spirits. And as 
was their want in those days. And in fact, they still do it to this day after the game. The, the players have a little chat in the pitch and then slowly walk round and clap the supporters who can get the claps back. Uh, sort of uh, just walk around the pitch slowly and then leave the stadium uh, at the, uh, at the, um, the t- go down the tunnel. Uh, now, after we won that game, the players did that as they always did. Uh, and subsequently to the game, the Boston manager, who I'll come on to in a bit more detail a bit later on, a particularly odious individual called Steve Evans, uh, managed to make a big thing out of this and went on about laps of honour and disrespecting and built it up all in the media and made some rather stupid comments. I presume he was trying to G up his own team and there's fair enough, that's a manager, manager ploy, I suppose. But he did actually talk quite a load of rubbish and uh, I think events have proven that he's quite liable to do that nearly every time he opens his mouth and says something, to be fair. But nevertheless, that did leave uh, quite a spicy aftertaste in that game. And the Dagnan manager at the time, Gary Hill and Steve Evans, I think it's fair to say at that time weren't exactly the best of friends. And with the subsequent events that followed and revelations that I should be coming on to shortly, uh, I'd Pretty sure they're still not on their, each other's Christmas card list. Absolutely no love lost there. So after that um, uh, victory over Boston, the season progressed and it came down to the last game with Boston in the pole position. We had a home game uh, against Chester, expected to win that probably. Uh, and they were playing at Hayes, who were down in the doldrums. And again, you'd have to fancy that Boston would win that one. And they, of course, did win 2-0. Dagda's won 3-0. But that meant on goal difference, uh, Boston were always going to be the winners. And they were duly crowned the champions. There was a time during the game when probably 0-0 at Dagnum and a rumour went round, as it often does, uh, that um, Boston were losing. And everyone got quite excited. But the reality was that uh, they were never losing. And from what I understand, they never looked like losing that, that game. Uh, there were lots of scenes shown on TV and in the papers after that of Boston United um, celebrating in the dressing rooms. Champion Steve Evans, of course, celebrated it with all the charmless grace of an elephant sitting at a table for a cream tea. Uh, went on about only winners do laps of honours and champions and they deserved it, etc, etc. Fair play to him. He was having his moment of glory. And I'm sure the players were enjoying their moment of glory. But again, subsequent events would show just what a sham that was and what a load of rubbish he was spouting. Uh, and in fact, the whole triumph is severely tainted, as I'm going to going to explain. Now, though we um, uh, had beaten uh, Boston in that game, uh, as I say, we were seven points clear. It came down to that last game. I always felt the game that actually cost us. And if you look back in the season, there's obviously there's a few moments where things go bad for you or go good for you. You have a bit of luck. And that happens over the course of the season. They always say that evens out, don't they? I don't know how they prove that, but that is often said. But I always thought the game that cost us was... Towards the end of the season, we went to play Lee RMI, uh, a team up north in the Wigan sort of area. It's a massive, great rugby heartland. Uh, Lee RMI uh, are still going, and they've always struggled to get crowds because, as I say, there's a Lee Centurions there and Wigan Warriors, the rugby league. And they actually had a ground there at the time called Hilton Park, uh, which was a big old ground. I wouldn't know what the capacity was, but it was big, but no one ever used to go. So Daggers took our following up there and Lee RMI had about their usual very small crowd and it was a 
atmosphere, less grey, windy old day as it always seemed to be up there. And Daggers went down 2-0 against quite a poor RMI team. We never got going. I don't think the lack of atmosphere and the conditions and all the rest of it just conspired on that day. We gave rather a lacklustre performance. And that was a game I always felt personally uh, probably cost us uh, in the end of the title. But as I say, over the season, I dare say there was a few other games, if I looked into all of them, where we might possibly have got more out of them. But there may have been a few where we didn't deserve it to. Boston and the Daggers tied that season on 84 points. Uh, both teams uh, finished uh, 14 points above third place Yeovil. Uh, the top goal scorers in the league were Daryl Clare of Boston and Mark Steen of the Daggers. Both had 24 and funnily enough the next person in the goal scoring list was Ken Charlery with 17 who ended up playing for Dagenham but had started the season playing for Boston and more about him as well. He'll get a mention in the tale of the events that unfollowed. After the season ended and we'd got over the disappointment and we settled down to the close season wondering which players would come, which would go, new signings, definitely you get optimistic for the next season and try to put the previous one behind you. Then there became rumours began to circulate that there'd been something a little bit suspect about the Boston win. Nothing was quite clear as to what exactly was going on but the rumours uh, began to circulate that there was an investigation of Boston's affairs and it being led by the FA compliance officer, Graham Bean. Um, and indeed, that's as it transpired, that's exactly what was happening. And Graham Bean, uh, who interviewed a lot of people and did a lot of work around this, he would go on to label it one of the most systematic examples of cheating he'd ever come across in the football world. So... What was it that had been uncovered by this investigation? Well, it turned out that Boston United had basically been dodging paying uh, tax and national insurance on player contracts. Uh, basically, it worked out that they systematically lodged false contracts. Uh, so they'd sign a player, for example, get him to sign the contract that specified his wages and any bonuses type of thing, and then... I believe, get them to sign a blank contract, which they would then say, oh, you don't really sign this, we'll fill it in later. Uh, so the player would have the signed contract with all the details, and Boston would have a blank contract, which they'd then put different details in, and that would be the contract that would be submitted to the relevant authorities. So, for example, one player, Ken Charlery, who, as I mentioned, funnily enough, ended up signing for Dagnum, uh, he was getting £620 a week, uh, he's also got a £16,000 signing on bonus. Uh, but the contract that was lodged said £120 a week. Mike Marsh, who was a very experienced uh, player, and uh, he played for Liverpool and some other clubs. He played a very good level and he, he did a good job for them that season. He was a good player. He'd got a £1,000 a week contract, but the one that lodged with the FA said he got £100. So obviously you can see that's quite a big difference. The differences uh, could all be paid by expenses. Uh, so the player would get his £100 through the official contract and the difference via expenses. Expenses, of course, are non-taxable. Uh, there were some stories, uh, I believe I've read somewhere, that uh, officials were going round to different banks collecting bags of cash to enable these additional payments to be made. So the, in what they could do there, obviously, was by... Uh, avoiding tax and national insurance that gave them that gave them more 
cash to use to sign players, play with, uh, pay players, uh, larger amounts to attract players. So all in all, what you're doing there, apart from um, avoiding uh, due payments to tax and national insurance, you're absolutely driving a coach and horses through any sort of sport, sporting integrity. So once this scam had been uncovered and charges had been laid by the FA, um, then what, uh, what was actually done about it? Uh, in July 2002, the club was actually found guilty of systematic lodging of false contracts. The FA's decision, which was palpably laughable, unjust and anything else you care to mention, uh, was that they were fined £100,000 and deducted four points for the following season. In other words, they were allowed to keep their conference title. Now, I am a Dagenham fan, so I am seeing through this through red and blue spectacles. But clearly, to anyone with any right-minded, Dagenham were cheated there. Uh, Boston got, got a ridiculously unfair advantage and they basically got away with it. A £100,000 fine, that would basically be covered by increased revenue from the following season, from attendances, sponsorship, uh, TV money, advertising money, you name it. Yes, it's still a hit, but it'd be more than covered. The four points for the following season, well, let's be fair, no one would want to start a season with four points. Uh, deduction, you'd be at the bottom of the table, but it's only two games that you could recover it over a 46 season, so a 46 game season. So after three games of the new season, you could be off the bottom of the league anyway, arguably. Um, you could even be out the relegation zone if four other teams lost all their first three games. So where's the where's the justice in that? Well, the answer is no justice at all. Dagenham naturally were peeved, to put it mildly. Um, Gary Hill was disgusted by it, Dave Andrews, was dis the chairman, was disgusted by it and I remember uh, they talked about taking legal action against um, the FA, against uh, Boston even perhaps, uh, but it was difficult because it was close season and one of the things that was rumoured or suspected at the time was that the FA took this rather, well they bottled it basically, the, the rumour was that the FA bottled it mainly because uh, there was a threat uh, by Boston that if they did chuck them out of the league before they'd even started, then they would appeal it, they would take it to the courts, that would delay the publication of the fixture list, that might even delay the start of the season, arguably, worst case scenario. So the FA took the rather meek view that uh, their fine and suspension and fine and deducting of points uh, would be enough. Well, clearly, it wasn't. So that was the fine and punishment that the club received. But what about the individuals concerned? Well, the manager, Steve Evans, and the uh, chairman, Malkinson, uh, they both appeared before the FA. Uh, they were found guilty of facilitating a payment of £8,000 to a potential witness. And that was an attempt to mislead, impede and frustrate the FA inquiry. That had been a player who'd played for Boston and had also been a, a receipt of one of these dodgy contracts. Uh, and they tried to pay him off so that he wouldn't give evidence and uh, a payment of £8,000. Uh, Malkinson, the chairman, was fined 5250 and suspended from football for 13 months. Evans was fined £8,000 and suspended from football for 20 months. Again, uh, big punishments arguably, but still not helping Dagnum, of course. 
Uh, in this time, of course, a criminal investigation had begun because uh, obviously avoiding payment of tax and national insurance uh, is a criminal offence. And in September 2005, Evans and four other people connected with Boston, including Malkinson, were charged with, and they denied, to be fair, committing fraud at the club between 1998 and 2002. That case came to court, uh, came to uh, be heard at Southwark Crown Court in September 2006. Uh, the evidence uh, that was heard uh, showed that the total amount the club had failed to pay national insurance and tax on player wages was £245,000, a not inconsiderable sum, even in these days, 20 years later. And imagine what you could do with players' wages, uh, transfer fees, signing on bonuses, etc., etc., to any club who was given that uh, unofficial boost to their budget. Two of the defendants were fully acquitted, and another one had the case thrown out by the judge, and all those three left without any stain on their character. Uh, absolutely crystal clear. Uh, Malkinson and Evans changed their pleas to guilty at the last minute. Uh, Malkinson was given a two-year prison sentence, suspended for two years, ordered to pay back the money owed in tax plus interest of £100,000. Uh, Evans received a one-year suspended sentence. Evans's QC told the court that, in fact, Evans was now a very different person from the bombastic character who managed the club between 1998 and 2002. Uh, subsequent evidence... Uh, suggests maybe he is still that bombastic character and didn't really change that much in terms of his touchline behaviour. There was a couple of other reactions to the original FA verdict. Uh, Gary Hill, the Dagnan manager at the time, uh, said, I'm disgusted with the verdict. Uh, he said, this decision makes a mockery of the game and I think the whole country should be surprised by it. I find it hard to believe a club can seek an unfair advantage, be found guilty and still be a football league club. Hard to disagree with that. Dave Andrews, the chairman, Dagger's chairman, naturally said after that FA decision, where could Dagger's go? It was just, they, they were given no opportunity. And Dave Simpson, who was um, one of the, the Dagger's hierarchy at the time, uh, said that they, they'd lost out. They'd lost four years at least of TV money, which is about 400,000 per year, plus higher income from sponsorship and attendances. So as I said, had we gone up that year, who knows where we may have gone out. We probably would have come down again. Who knows, we're the daggers, we don't do things easy, but we didn't get the chance, and that's the point. I mentioned before that um, one thing that I always think is forgotten in this event is the, is the players who, let's face it, that's what the game's all about, the players. Um, and it did affect the, a number of them. Uh, the, the team that played the Boston game, uh, as I mentioned earlier in March, uh, just to remind everybody, it was Tony Roberts in goal, back four of Lee Goodwin, Dean Hooper, Mark Smith and Ashley Vickers. Midfield, Steve McGavin, Paul Terry, Steve Heffer, Matt Jones. And up front we had Ken Charlery and Mark Steen. Our subs that day were Jason Broom, Junior McDougald, Paul Gothard, Danny Hill and Steve West. Uh, that team is a team and an era that's very fondly remembered by any Daggers fans. Uh, and if you look at those players, some of those did play in the Football League for um, the Daggers and for other clubs, but some weren't so fortunate. Lee Goodwin, for example, that was in 2002. He played his one game in the Football League for the Daggers in uh, May or April 2008, he um, 
after uh, around about from 2006 probably when Dagenham was going up into a, into the football league finally he suffered a series of knee injuries kept trying to come back uh, was pretty much uh, unable to do so because it was quite a bad injury but in the last game of our first season in the football league when he probably wasn't very fit either and they'd probably put on a bit of timber uh, the game was nothing on the game it was the last game of the season and Daggers actually uh, did bring him on as a sub in that game so that he could actually say he did play in the Football League. But six years earlier, he would have had a much longer career. Ashley Vickers, who scored the goal in that game, he actually had been, I think, a Haybridge Swifts player and had signed for Peterborough United, got sent off in his first game in the Football League for them. And I think that was his only appearance in the Football League. So again, what could have been for him? Jason Broom more than capable of playing in the Football League, an excellent player for Daggers over many years. Paul Gothard, uh, he was our sub-keeper that night. He definitely was good enough. He was uh, in competition, obviously, with Tony Roberts, uh, but uh, for a period of time, again, he was more than capable of playing at the top level. Uh, England, non-league international, of course. There were some other players that we had on the books that season, uh, none of which I think played in the Football League, probably. Danny Hazeldean, Tim Cole, Lee Matthews, Mark Janney, Danny Ship, all fine players for the Daggers, all capable of playing at the higher level, all possibly denied the chance of playing at the higher level. Uh, and personally, I think that's a bit of a disgrace. Uh, and the FA didn't only let the club down, they let those players down as well. As I've probably mentioned, hinted or suggested, uh, I'm not Steve Evans' biggest fan. Uh, and after this period of time at Boston, he has been around at other clubs. He seems to be able to get jobs, and uh, I'm not sure what level of success he's had at them. He's been at Crawley, he's been at Gillingham, I can think of. I think he was at Leeds. Uh, he was also at Rotherham. Uh, and we had actually uh, never had the pleasure of having Steve Evans back at the ground, that I'm aware of, after that March game, uh, until such time as we were in the Football League side and he brought his Rotherham team down to the Daggers um, and it was quite a day to remember actually. This game was a league game, Football League game in November 2012 so 10 years after the event uh, you'd think that passions might have subsided a, a bit but not at all. Uh, pretty much everyone connected with Dagnum in the supporter base was looking forward to this game. In fact I remember thinking um, I hope it doesn't actually overshadow the actual game because at the time we probably needed the points. Um, but um, I thought we don't want to spend the whole time insulting Steve Evans and then lose the game and then he'd do his old lap of honour rubbish and big mouthing off again. But um, we smashed them 5-0, absolutely took them to the cleaners. Looked like we'd score every time we attacked. Um, wasn't a particularly big crowd for Dagenham, probably the normal 2,000 approximately, but I've really rarely heard them so loud. So 5-0, sent him packing, and uh, if I remember rightly, the whole sieve were chanting, you fat bastard. I'm not saying I necessarily think that's good. I'm not supposed to fat shame people, but on this occasion, I think it was totally justified, and it was very enjoyable. Never forgotten it to this day. Not one to bear grudges, of course. I'll finish this little tale just with a bit about Boston, the club. Um, they've, um, after uh, they dropped out of the Football League, uh, which obviously they did a few years later. Uh, they drifted around a bit and they've actually sold their ground and built a new one and the club's building itself back up. Uh, and I'm sure 
it's a wonderful, wonderful club now. Good luck to them, good luck to the fans, because obviously it's always the fans in these things that get hurt. But when they opened their new ground, they had quite a murals of the events in the Boston history, uh, going through sort of important dates in their history. Uh, I saw the pictures of it, and uh, it's interestingly enough, they do have murals and pictures to celebrate going into the Football League. Uh, no mention of the scandal around it. Maybe you could say, how could they put that up and mention the scandal? Well, they should have thought of that and either done that or not put them up, in my opinion. It just, again, glosses all over it. And to me, doesn't leave a very good taste. But that's just me. And I'm a loyal dagger and bitter and twisted and still bearing that grudge. So I hope you enjoyed that little reminisce. Um, and um, I'll speak to you soon.